you considered the messages your outfits send? What do you think your clothes say about you? See, style is about the clothes, but it's not really about the clothes. Every day you make choices about what you're going to wear, but what are you communicating? Welcome to Above and Beyond Style. I'm your host, Maria DiLorenzo, and in 2019, I founded MFD Style, where I provide a unique, intuitive approach to personal styling for those ready to embrace a more meaningful look. With this podcast, I'll uncover key elements of where spirituality, psychology, and style intersect, revealing how you can make intentional wardrobe choices that reflect who you really are. So let me ask you, are you ready to transform into your authentic self? Then it's time. Come with me on this journey and together we'll take your style above and beyond style. So hi, everybody. Welcome back to Above and Beyond Style. I'm really excited. As you all know, this season two is my opportunity to connect with so many in my network, to have conversations on a deeper level with those who really want to look at style, spirituality, and psychology in this kind of holistic way with me and in their, in their own world, be able to talk a little bit more about their expertise, their own entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and so many of the themes that you've heard me talk about here on this podcast. So I'm really grateful that you're back with us and listening in because I have a very special guest this week. Um, This is someone who I have had a new relationship developed over the last year plus, and it has become such a wonderful friendship and colleagueship that I can't wait for you to get to know more about her. So I'm going to welcome you today to Lisa Lisa Ann, let me start with that. Lisa Ann Shrafa Santon, who is better known by her initials, L-A-S-S or LASS. And she is the owner and creative director of LASS Wardrobe LLC, based on the North Shore of Boston, Massachusetts. Now with deep industry experience, Lisa and her team of experts work with accomplished and aspiring career and second act women who are longing to participate in a personal brand renaissance. Doesn't that just sound so cool? I can't wait to dig into that more. Okay. Lisa provides this transformative image consulting and services to help women to show the world that what they feel in their heart and dream in their soul. And this is hence helping facilitate what I love. She uses this phrase, big, bold moves for big, bold transformations. She has often described her business to me as a spirit led practice which so reflects our shared interest in style and spirituality. As you may know, she also hosts her own amazing podcast called The Wardrobe Muse. So if you haven't heard her there, check her out, uh, where we've actually exchanged in an episode all about sustainable style. So it has just been my absolute joy and pleasure to welcome Lisa to Above and Beyond Style. Thank you, Maria. I love being here in this wonderful space of expanding the dialogue. Expanding the dialogue. And that really is where we're going to dig in. I want to give our listeners today a little bit of background about one, how we know each other. So I'll set that up a little bit because the beautiful part of this, and as you heard in our intro, that Lisa and I share the world of styling. 
And it has been one that has just been just like amazing discovery that we got to connect with one another. I had followed Lisa on Instagram for a good period of time. I was watching her release her episodes about the wardrobe muse and really just felt compelled to reach out to her. So I, in a very cold, blind DM, wrote out to her and said, hi, Lisa, I'm Maria, blah, blah. And we had this lovely exchange and really wanted to just dig in a bit more with her. And in that process, Lisa was so gracious and welcoming to me. We had these conversations. It led us to uh, her own podcast where we shared an episode, which we'll talk a little bit about. And what has really bloomed from that Obviously, we're both in the Boston area, so it's really fun to have another stylist friend in this area, but we've also just been able to connect as a friend and connect on this more spiritual level and to really talk about our work and our business. So Lisa, I want to hear from you a little bit about your own story. I've given our listeners who you and I are together, but I want to know about you and where you kind of evolved into who you are today. Sure. And just let me add to that wonderful um, overview you just gave. I think one of our common grounds was when we first spoke, how can we normalize this service for the future clients that may be a little bit on the fence about how to use an image consultant, a stylist, a personal shopper? So that was really, we got to dig into that, yes. like coming together and joining forces, um, not as competitors, to show people that there's plenty of us out there. We're all different. And if you don't like me, hire Maria. If you don't like Maria, hire me, but hire somebody. Yes. Oh gosh, that's so true. And I remember you opened that sort of doorway to, we don't have to be in competition. We can actually help resource each other. And I have really appreciated that about our connection and being able to troubleshoot and to talk through some challenges with clients or ways that our business is evolving. And so I think you just, you gave the space for that. And I'm really grateful to you because you were that person that really led, led that way for me. So. Yeah, it's just amazing. And that's sort of been part of my overall background during my entire professional career. And so most people don't know the old me. Um, You know, I worked in offices for many years, you know, as a much younger professional. So I had the challenge as all women do of dressing for office settings in a number of different industries. Um, High tech was one of them. Uh, We did a lot of high tech startups. So when I do engage with women who are dressing for their professional life, I do have that lived experience. So, you know, that's in the background kind of Mm -hmm. as I move through my work Mm -hmm. that I was actually doing the dressing every day as they are. Um, And what led me to the entrepreneurial journey of starting to be an image consultant was that during um, a period of time when the high tech had sort of dipped down, I was doing a job search and took a part-time job in retail. Mm-hmm. having never worked in retail before in my entire life. And I just loved it because I aligned with a really strong female brand. Um, the owner of the organization, the company, the brand was an actual person who had a B Corp status and was very much into sustainable fiber. And so the, that became just a wonderful um, career pivot. <laughs> 
mm. <laughs> and a rediscovery of being more, I don't know, artistic and creative. And then when it was time for that journey to end, and that was a long journey of 15 years with mm. one brand, it was sort of the next obvious thing was to become an independent uh, contributor in the same area of style and fashion and dressing, um, only not aligned with a particular brand. So that became a more open way of dealing with women who might not like that particular aesthetic or that particular brand didn't resonate with them. So that's kind of how I come to be on this podcast today with Maria, uh, a long, many, many year journey. <laughs> I love it. Where I we are it. today. And you know what, Lisa, what has been really fun in our conversations, and we've talked about this, that we have different style aesthetics and the way that we work with, with our clients often has some overlap. So there's an interesting kind of ebb and flow to both you and I. Can you tell our listeners today a little bit more about sort of how you work with women and kind of what your services really look like kind of comprehensively from this image consultant perspective? Sure. So I'll start off by answering that with what I am not, because mm. that might help people. So I am not a personal shopper, although at times during the process of working with an individual client, we may need to deploy that. That's really not who I am. Yeah. I'm not an influencer, so you won't be following my account to see me showing people what I'm wearing. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not my approach to my journey in business. So what I really am is sort of the um, holder of space for women to realize and acknowledge they need to change mm -hmm. and transform, not because there's anything wrong with them, but just because we've gotten into a habit or you know a little bit of a stale spot, or perhaps we are returning to the workforce or we're leaving the workforce to maybe become our own solopreneur, or we might be getting back into dating after a long time of not doing that. Um, so it's really around change and transformation mm -hmm. and holding space and coaching them through that from an image perspective. Um, and that can be very robust if they mm -hmm. want a full body transformation, or maybe they just want a little help with a few outfits for interviewing or a few outfits for dating or a little bit of a refresh. So I let them sort of dictate where this is going to go, um, knowing that I can offer them a full range of service, very high touch, very customized, almost like a white glove service, or they can just have a little taste of. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a, a la carte. Why did transformations interest you? Or why was that sort of the area that you wanted to really hone in on? So I typically work with women about 45 to 65. Mm -hmm. And it seems that the commonality among all of those women, although they're coming from very, very different um, cities and towns and and professions is some element of change mm. and some element of wanting to, I, maybe transform is too big a word, but really, you know, step into maybe their authentic self, 
self for the first time. So they may have been dressing for an industry for many years because it dictated a certain way of dressing, or they may have dressed to please friends and family or a partner or a spouse, or they may have just dressed because they walk into a mall and that's what's on the mannequin. Right. Uh, so they have uh, a sense that they want to regain or reimagine how they approach dressing, but they really don't know how. Mm. You, I'm going to pick up a theme you just mentioned around self-expression, authenticity, sort of showing up as who they are. Um, and for anyone that's listened to this podcast, you know, that is a real undercurrent for me that I I, in part of the work that I do, I really want my clients to discover and understand what does that mean to be your authentic self and how can your wardrobe be an extension or an expression of that? Can you talk a little bit about for you and your work, how does that connect? Where does authenticity show up and how do you draw that out for your clients? Well, when we're going through their closet sometimes, just to call and refresh, I'll hold up things that don't seem to make sense to me, but I don't want to be judgmental. And I'll ask them to tell me the story about the piece. Mm -hmm. And it will often be a gift or a hand-me-down or something that they're, maybe their younger daughter who's really, you know, trendy, didn't force them, but encourage them to wear. And it doesn't feel like them. They don't really like it, but they have some reason why they're keeping it. And that will start the conversation down that path of, well, if this doesn't make you feel really great and bring you joy, as Marie Kondo would say, why are we keeping it? And we, you know, we acknowledge it if it's a gift or had been um, in some way, you know, gifted. And, and so we talk about if you release it, you will open up more space to make a choice and to replace it with something by being more intentional. Mm. Now, Maria, this does require people to stop and think. And sometimes women resist that because we're on autopilot. Yeah. We're very, very busy. Maybe they think that looking into their closet deeply is frivolous. That would be time that they could spend doing something else, mm. maybe for a child or a partner or an elder, you know, so they don't make that time to view this as an important part of who they are because they are overstretched. Yeah. We are all really busy and we're overcommitted. And, and this is like one more thing, but I try to say authentic dressing can actually be joyful and can yes. actually in the end save you money and save you time and make your life a lot easier it is a little bit of a stretch for people to see that when we're in the thick of these discussions and sometimes they're hard Yeah, and, and parting with things is sometimes hard. And, uh, but it's asking that question for the first time. They may never have asked themselves why, when they put that piece on that somebody gifted them, it just doesn't feel like them. Right. They're wearing it out of obligation or guilt or. Mm -hmm. And it's a vulnerable space. Right? Oh yes, of course. And having that, um, having that person, you or I in this intimate space with them, right. Going through clothes and having these conversations, I'd be curious to your thoughts around when a client discloses that information or reveals something really personal about themselves in that, in that conversation, 
what's that like for you? Why is that rewarding? Are you, you know, what, what does that feel like as the, as the recipient of that information? I think sometimes it feels like a true gift mm-hmm. and you want to really hold that space and really honor that. Sometimes it's a burden as well. Right. You know, sometimes it's a heavy story. So this is why my work is not transactional. I am not a transaction-based business. I'm a spirit-led business. This does not mean we're going to, you know, do voodoo over your closet, but Uh, Because I have a serving spirit, that's who I am as a human, as a person. Mm -hmm. I am able to, for the first time in my life, bring that into my work. Mm -hmm. Can we talk more about that? I I want to pick right up on that spirit-led business. It's so beautiful to hear you say it. So I think when we do this kind of work and you're holding that intimate space, even if it's only on Zoom, because they really don't want to bring you into the closet, it's still sacred space. Um, You have to have a lot of compassion, the ability to have empathy, um, the ability to suspend judgment. I am constantly checking in with my client when I give the hard feedback. I do it in a teaching manner. So I bring them to the mirror and I explain why the neckline isn't quite perfect. I mean, they can wear it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but why it could be better. Or I explain the shape and drape and proportion might be a little off and how we could improve that all being gentle. And if you haven't done your own work Hmm. on your own self, you can't bring that to your work. So, you know, I'm in a space and time in my life where I am stepping into that um, archetype of the crone. I'm 58 years old. I'm finally at that place where I look at that archetype as not the crone, the wicked witch, the old maid, but it's the wisdom holder. So I can actually hold that space for women in, I I think, I would Mm -hmm. like to think a very gentle, loving, respectful way. Mm. This is such an exciting space for us because and I don't, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations here because I don't know all stylists and I haven't connected with all in image consultants, but I find this is an interesting niche that we're sitting in and to have, this is one of the main reasons I wanted you on the podcast, because I knew you could talk the language of having done the work yourself. And I talk about this in, in previous episodes about when you yourself have gone through that self-discovery and taken the time to reconnect with your own authenticity and in our instance, a a higher creator um, and however you want to name that in your own particular practice, but that there is something larger going on here when we go through this process. And I love it because so much of what you're describing is about accompaniment and showing up for people. And as you said, it's not transactional. It's this relationship that has built over time that gives people the confidence and the safety to be in that space with you. And I want you to tell me a little bit about, is this how you see your business going forward? Like, how do you want to really cultivate an environment for your clients to enter this type of space with you? Such a good question. So I'll first say 
that 90% of what I do in my practice, and I'd be curious if you feel this way, Maria, is mindset work. And I'm using that lingo because that's a very big uh, word out there now that people can attach to. I also call it a spiritual practice. Or, so it's, it's working on their mindset. Only 10% of it is about the clothing and the brand and how many t-shirts you're going to have and what place you're going to buy those t-shirts from. It's sort of the anti-fashion fashion. That's so true. It's very funny to say it because people might hear this and be like, what a nut job. But um, it's really about talking to the woman about how she feels about herself mm -hmm. and trying to redirect some of the negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a body image therapist. Um, if I feel like there's a space there that needs to be excavated, if you mm -hmm. will, I might tell them, you know, are you working with a therapist or a body coach or a dietitian or, you know, something where I don't have agency. Um, so I can direct them if I think they need that, but really talking to them about what's going to make them feel joy. I love the way Marie Kondo uses that. Mm -hmm. Does this kitchen gadget <laughs> that you've never used give you joy? If it gives you joy, keep it. If you've never used it and it's never given you joy, donate it to, you know, whatever. And I think that's the same thing we, we do when we uncover their, their mindset about how they're dressing. Mm -hmm. And so this is not about going out and buying designer clothing and, you know, Gucci handbag and a Rolex watch. This is really about shopping wherever you can afford to mm -hmm. in making the best choices that make you feel great. And when you feel great, you will start to look great mm -hmm. because everything comes from the inside out. We can make that $5 t-shirt rock, Maria. You and I can both do that. Uh, so it's not, I think people do have the misguided notion that we're going to come in and empty out their closet, throw everything away, judge it, and replace it with things that they can't afford that are super trendy um, and try to make them into something else. Because mm. like Stacey London on TV sort of did that on her reality TV show. She wasn't very kind. Yeah. yeah. So I like to think that I'm kind. I can be very firm with my clients. Um, I can give them the same message season after season if they tend to gravitate back towards something that doesn't work for them. And I can gently you know, try to put them back on the mm -hmm. right. But at the end of the day, they should make the choice that makes them the happiest. And however, I can get them closer to them being able to make that choice and empowered to feel that, that mm. my work is done. Now, how do you cultivate this? I will be very transparent. I don't have lots of customers. I have the right customers for the way I process this work. And I'm not saying that my customers need to become my friends, but it very often does happen that way. Mm -hmm. um, and we often see each other in business social settings or perhaps somewhat socially. So it just is um, such a flow between us that it's not unusual that we would become somewhat friendly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm not for everybody. And that's why knowing a person like Maria and others in this industry, in the Boston market, where we both are, is so critical. 
Because if I'm doing a new client intake and I immediately know Maria is for them, she will serve them better. Then I want to be able to call up Maria and throw that lead over to her because she will serve that woman better than I can. So Lisa, I'm loving what you're saying here because the mindset piece really is everything. It sets the tone for basically how the entire engagement can go with someone. And I'd love you without obviously giving um, specific names or, you know, speaking too much in detail, but can you give us some examples where you have really had to work with someone in this space about reframing their mindset or coming to know self-acceptance better or deeper? So I had one particular client and I, I think she would be okay with me chatting a bit about her. She has a very busy practice And uh, so her work takes up a lot of her time and she also has a family. So she will just not be dead on with looking at garments when she takes them off, making sure that she's spot treating a stain, uh, really setting herself up for success, ease in dressing by keeping everything flowing. So for her, you know, I asked permission if we could bring in an organizer someone who does that for a living, because that was, I identified it as a weak spot and I didn't want to be negative toward her to say that, to, to, to further say that she was, you know, trying to do everything in her power to, to be a professional woman and a family woman and she was failing. Mm-hmm. So I brought it in as a resource and we worked with a wonderful person. I picked someone that I knew her personality would resonate with my client. I made sure we had a good fit. And she came in and put some simple systems in place that I hope allowed my client to better manage through those things like just laundry management, how often things were going to go to the dry cleaner. So in her profession, she needs to be very pressed and professional. And so we were able to really use that resource outside of the scope of, you Mm -hmm. know, what I was doing, bringing in that that next professional. And and we put in simple things. We didn't do anything crazy. We, we gave her her own closet. We gave her spouse partner, his own closet. We separated Mm -hmm. them out. Um, We just had a a bag that was going to be picked up by the dry cleaner every few days in a certain spot. So we implemented some very low cost organizational practices that helped her to then be able to get dressed based on what I was offering her with much more ease and stay a little bit on top of things and really get the benefit of using my service. Mm -hmm. So, you know, pairing up services and getting her mindset around being just more organized Mm. because that was just a little bit of a weak spot in the in the whole process. Yeah. And you can see how that opened the door for like access, right. That she could now engage with you at the level of your expertise without having to get caught up in the nitty gritty of these systems that weren't, aren't, that were not in place that you put into place. I'm curious, did you notice a shift in her, like kind of in her vibration or sort of what she brought to your engagement? 
I did. It was always great to double team mm -hmm. because in the place where my client was weak, she was also hearing it from someone else in a very mm -hmm. nice, gentle way, but it was being reinforced. It wasn't just me being, you know, picky. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's a positive experience, but there's been mindset issues that haven't gone so positive. Sure. Women have become convinced that when they walk into a store, what's being offered, if it doesn't work on their body, that it's them. And sometimes no matter how much I hold them in that loving space of saying it isn't you, it's a yeah. manufacturing flaw, because I come from the industry and I know that they don't have that industry background, their accountants or their doctors right. or their lawyers. And so they, they think I'm just saying it to make them feel better. Mm -hmm. And that's a big issue, you know, especially with my clients, 45 to 65, we're not represented in the stores. Yeah. When you go to a mall, when you go to a big box store, the target audience at that level is maybe, you know, young professionals, 18, 20 through about 35. Mm -hmm. when you go into a J crew, it's really hard if you don't have a great discerning eye to find those core pieces that will work for a more mature body and a more mature woman. Mm -hmm. So that mindset, we all need to collectively help each other with. Yeah. Is there anything that you do or a way that you, I don't know if you have your own techniques, I'm just curious and it's okay if you don't, but I'm just, you know, that you will help kind of redirect in mindset. Well, when we look at what's working, mm what has worked, what pieces they do own that are like, they go for those every single time they're getting dressed. We try to build up their confidence from that level. Yeah. So really being mindful of focusing on what is working mm. and assuring them that they can build on that. Mm. There is something there to build from. There's a foundation. Yeah. Now, I will say in recent months, you know, the supply chain has not helped this issue. So I really feel like I'm pushing a large boulder up a hill and I'm getting frustrated because I need product for people. So uh, I've had to work on my mindset mm -hmm. because I don't want to bring frustration into a situation, but there is a global thing going on here that is, um, yeah, it's challenging in many, many, many different fields of endeavor. Yeah. I don't want to timestamp this, but the baby formula sure. situation is really, that is much more pressing, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm constantly working on my mindset. I have many books I read hmm. to keep myself fresh so I can be fresh for my clients because there are challenges body shape and size, supply chain. Uh, if they come up with a color for a season that isn't your color, mm -hmm. that can be challenging to go into every store and see a color palette that's not conducive to your coloring. Mm -hmm. And you just feel deflated, like you can't buy anything. So we're always going to have those challenges. That's why having your curated closet uh, pretty much on seasonal review, you will run into this less. Because if you can't buy for one season, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But when you haven't really deep dived in there for four, five, six seasons, that's when things get, you know, yeah. messy. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I want to take us 
uh, I want to dig in a little bit because, and you go to whatever level that you're comfortable with this question. I find that because I have the ability to kind of show up for people in this sort of deeper level space, right? Holding the space for sort of whatever comes up, not being a a clinician by any means, but also having my own talents and practices and trainings that it comes from a place. And I talk about this in the podcast. It came from a place through my own life experience where I realized wardrobe could do something meaningful and deep and profound for me and wanted to then help bring that forward for someone else. Was there anything in your life? And I don't know if it's specific to your, either your spiritual practice or your own tradition that helped influence why you go about your work this way? Well, we were raised um, around those sort of old world notions. I had immigrant uh, grandparents. And so everything was considered. Everything that you brought into the home was considered. Um, We didn't have a lot. So you kept things, you know, really well and you were grateful there was always an attitude of gratitude and that is the thing that I most bring to my work that I think is universal Mm -hmm. so when you say spiritual sometimes people freak out a little bit because they don't want to talk about religion and it's different but they have they think it's you know one in the same so if I Mm -hmm. bring in my tools around gratitude Mm -hmm. I think that is something everyone can relate to So when we're getting rid of some of the clothes, we're looking for that amazing nonprofit that can take those clothes and do something positive with it. Or we're going to look for recycled textile centers. So we're not adding things to landfills. So we say, aren't we grateful that we live in an area and we are full of abundance that we can release these things and someone else can benefit from them. Mm -hmm. So I, try to use spiritual tools and practices without calling them that because I don't want to put anyone off. And I will say that the great law of attraction, like attracts like. So many of the clients that I keep and I have an ongoing relationship with, we are sort of philosophically aligned. So this isn't crazy to them. Uh, We're all sort of in the same tribe. We will do... um, at the end of a closet edit, when we've really done a lot of work and we've cleaned it out with the vacuum and whatever, we also do a little, uh, we don't use sage anymore because that's a sacred plant that is being over harvested. We use a similar mm-hmm. uh, thing and we sage out the energy in that closet Beautiful. and we open the windows and we, and it's just a little ritual that, um, you know, we mark the, the change and So that's spiritual, but not too crazy. Mm -hmm. So if we bring some simple things like that into play, I think people feel like they're really getting good care and they're doing self-care and it's more than just a closet. Yeah. It's energy. Yeah. I love how you've just said that because, and know that I think this community that's listening in uh, is very comfortable in this space and this language, right? And so- (laughs) Don't, don't hesitate or worry that I, I don't think we're freaking anybody out. In fact, I think it's refreshing to hear of someone 
who is willing to have that kind of connection and acknowledge that there has been a shift, a change in energy, right? When you've moved through this process with someone in their closet, et cetera, and that there is something really beautiful. I love that you use the word ritual to mark that moment, to allow them to enter into the new moment with gratitude and abundance and this feeling of fullness about whatever has just taken place and allows them, I think, I, I would argue that it sets them up for a radically better day, uh, a life that is really honed by their ability to see this gratitude and this abundance and this fullness in their own life, and that you've been this agent in the midst of this, right? And um, though I don't know if you have, you're a spiritual medium in your other life, but like there's, you have this mediumship that is mm -hmm. sort of going on here that I think is really special. And, and Maria, I, when I, when I learned that sage was a sacred plant that was yeah. being over harvested, I went out to the herbalist community in my area and I found a young herbalist who had an alternative and she made me up like 10 of these bundles and they are gorgeous. Every time I bring it to the house, as the, the gift, gift to my client, they'll say, I don't know if we should even light it. It's so beautiful. I don't want to use it. And it's got a beautiful card from the herbalist of where she harvested these and the healing properties of them. So we're, I'm giving a local herbalist some props, some business where, you know, people are like, oh, this is almost like too pretty. I don't want to, use, you know, so it's, it's a, like a nicety. It's, it's a spiritual practice but it's grounded mm. in local uh, herbs that she's harvested and the beautiful way she's put it together and the little card that she, that accompanies it with the instructions on how to do it. And then we laugh about, let's not set off the fire alarms and get the uh, Beverly police and fire over here. You know, so it's, it's, it's not all serious. It's fun. It's, mm. um, it's getting more people into the collaborative approach because yeah. we're using a local person. So it's just, it's all good energy and good mm. feeling and, and being able to give that gift a little, yes. a little something. Yes. Lisa, I think that is, first of all, that is so you, and I'm absolutely <laughs> like gold star by your name, because that is the perfect expression of how, of course you would find an alternative and use someone within your community, celebrate that business owner, be able to point to that. I just, this is so my experience of you. Mm, and for so anyone kind. that, um, if you haven't listened to our episode that Lisa and I shared on her podcast, the wardrobe muse, we talk a bit more in detail about this sustainable con concept of your business that is really at the heart. And we're not going to spend a lot of time today, but mm -hmm. this is a really core component. So you're picking up, those of you listening, you're picking up on, this is something that I think, Lisa, it will, it will always be part of your business model and you will always bring it forth to people and introduce them to new ways to do this. So kudos to you for that. Yes, yes. Uh, I just love being able to have a collaborative approach to the work. Yeah. I now have... Um, skincare and makeup being brought to us by a woman in Marlboro, Massachusetts, who's a 30-year veteran of being an esthetician, but she formulates her own products. Wow. And they're pretty clean. And she's very, very conscious of 
cancer-causing sun rays. And so it's not about plasticizing your face with makeup and skincare, 18 different steps of a regimen. It's about a few key things that will help you feel like your skin is fresh and healthy and you're glowing. And again, the easiest things you can change before you do the whole wardrobe is your hair, get a new haircut. Mm style it a little different. Um, maybe do a little color correction if you're still coloring your hair. Um, do a new lip color. Get into that skincare, buy that new cream. Um, and it's great to be bringing in someone like her. I have a makeup artist for when my clients are doing their headshots because everyone is way overdue. This is my yes. one time when Mama Lisa is going to tell her audience here and Maria's audience, if it's over 12 months old, you need a new headshot. Uh, so I have a person that does really very natural makeup for your headshot so that you show very well under those bright lights in the studio, but you don't look overdone. Mm. You look like yourself. And that's always fun to introduce her in. She's really a fun service provider. So it's great to have these collaborative uh, vendors that I can bring in to help me with the total transformation of the client. Yeah, it really speaks to that VIP experience. Yes. And you had asked a question earlier, and you know how we get off on all these tangents about how my business is going to grow and, and, you know, what my thoughts are. And initially when I started this, it was all around the closet. It was all about closet edits and refreshes and getting people to inventory everything and really have a handle on it. And that is still a piece of the overall, but now we're at Last Wardrobe LLC, we're really broadening it. We're talking more about how is your image a potential way for you to brand yourself? Mm. So if you're working in a traditional company and you might have you might aspire to a higher role or a different position, or you might want to be seen as a thought leader. How can your image and how you dress help you to achieve that? If you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, are you really dressing for the service packages you are providing your clients at the rates you wish to be paid? Can we use your image as a marketing tool, as a branding tool? So I'm opening up the conversations deeper and broader than it had been in 2016 when I started this. So that's fun. Mm. That's where my own growth is. Yes. And I, you know, I love this because I talk a lot about with my, with this group about where, what you mean to say, yes. and yes, you are speaking that language exactly because by really leveraging this full package that you're servicing your clients with, they are able to market themselves as their authentic self. Let's go back to that phrase and really leverage that whole person in the truest sense of they, who they are. And how they dress, how they look, their hair, like the full, like, I just, I love the, the, the complexity and the comprehensive way that you. But it all goes back, that. Maria, to yeah. radical self-acceptance. Yes. So if the person isn't doing their mindset work and right. accepting themselves where they are today, we might be 58. We're not 35 anymore. We can't look and dress 
the way we did before. Or maybe we're having a few pounds on us that are challenging, but you have to be able to accept where you are today, dress your best for today to step into using this to say what you mean and mean what you say. So beautiful. we have to start with that assessment of, are you willing to really love yourself as you are right now? You are perfect the way you are today. Could we all be better? Heck yeah. I don't need that ice cream I, I like to have. Um, but let's dress the person we are today. Let's dress our best self of today. Let's really practice that radical self-acceptance. And we can always put in programs, processes, and help yes. to do better. But let's not wait till we are at that future something point that we think we're going to get to before we're dressing and using this as a, it's a such an opportunity to brand yourself, set you up, yourself apart, mm-hmm. especially in industries like, let's say real estate. Mm-hmm. We're in Massachusetts, we have a lot of real estate agents and brokers. How are you going to define yourself in a different way? Mm-hmm. You could use your image as one, one thing. You have to have a lot of other things, but yeah. it can really be a tool for good. Yeah, it, it gets at the heart of what I think this whole podcast is about in regards to self-presentation really is that expression of our self-worth and our self-love. And when we can tap into whatever it takes to elevate that and the best expression of that, like the world is your oyster baby, right? Like yes. go out there and rock the world in whatever expertise and magic that you have yes. and like, do it, do it with the, with that star by your name. And Lisa, I just love that. Like you want that for your, your oh, I want that for everyone. And, you yeah. know, just to piggyback on that a minute, I won't belabor this point, but I find a lot of my clients are either living their past self mm. or living their future self. And then they're missing the power of the now and living in this moment right now. So yes, we can reminisce back on what we were 15 or 20 years ago, and we should honor that because that's the person that helped us get to be where we are today. But if we're constantly wanting to go back there and dress that weight and wear those clothes, it's it's not a good place. And then if we're looking at that future self, well, in six months, we can afford to buy something great, or we'll have lost the 40 pounds, or we'll have the better job. We are, again, living in a future place that may never come. It's great to have goals, but I just really want women to wear and be and live now. (laughs) Wear it today, live now, be the best self you can be right now. I, first of all, yes. I'm like screaming it from the back here. Like if you could see me right now, I'm just like nodding, you know, profusely. Um, I just love it. And I think that is the perfect way to wrap up this episode because that energy and that positivity and that, just that joy that you exude is one that everybody needs to know about. So how can our uh, listeners today find you most importantly? Well, through the podcast, The Wardrobe Muse, which is on all listening platforms, I'm on Instagram. The handle is at last, L-A-S-S underscore stylist. And I'm playing around on the LinkedIn platform because I'm finding it's just a little more serious. 
Uh, it's a little more about thought leadership and these kinds of conversations. And although we love Instagram and Facebook, I think if you really want to know what I'm thinking about, hop over to LinkedIn and you'll have some show notes, right, Maria? So Absolutely. They'll kind of tag everybody out. And, and I just love being here. I love that I got to know you and I'm looking forward to the day, audience, when one of you comes forward that has us work together on your behalf. Yes. Maria and I are like so excited to finally find one of these days, the perfect yeah. client that we can help you, the two of us. So yeah. that's our challenge to the audience. I love Come it. Forward. And I let's put that intention into the universe and yes. let them just like magically yes. make that work for us. <laughs> so I'm on board for that. Lisa, it is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining today. And Thank I can't you, Maria. Wait. Can't wait to have you back. See you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you've heard, I would appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on the podcasting platform you're using and share this episode with others who you think might really enjoy these conversations about personal style. For more information all about MFD Style services, you can find me on the web at mfdstyle.com, on Instagram at mfd underscore style, where I post almost five days a week, or send me an email at maria at mfdstyle.com. I also have a weekly email I send to subscribers, so I will include the link to that sign up in the show notes. So until next time, friends, remember to love yourself and then love yourself some more.